We learned something pretty cool about graffiti cleanup in this city. We talked to Take Pride Winnipeg about how graffiti is on the way up, litter is slightly down, but the steps that can be taken to get rid of the graffiti might surprise you. For our small town salute, we headed to Minnedosa, Lorenz' hometown, to talk to the golf course there because last year they got hammered by spring flooding. And this year, kind of a different story in a good way. We visited with Global News Morning's Clay Young to talk pickleball. And Miranda Lambert, country star, at a recent show, she stopped the show to yell at some fans who were taking selfies. So that got us asking about bad behavior at events. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Loren McNabb and Greg Mackling, who was off today, but he'll be on the Bomber broadcast tonight. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Friday, July 20th podcast for The Start. It is McGarry and McNabb. Mackling took today off, but he will be involved in the Blue Bombers broadcast tonight as they host the Edmonton Elks at IG Field. We do have one more pair of tickets to give away, and we'll tell you how you can win those at 645. Hopefully they have washed away the stain from Saturday's sting, Loren. Well, I'm hoping that for sure because it would be a real stinker if anything went wrong tonight against the Elks. Elks coming in looking for something they haven't done all season and the Bombers don't need to win this one, but this would be the one, a nice redeeming, a redemption of sorts. So I'm not going to say anything more because I I think there's just sort of a jinx factor going on. I don't want to get into with the Bombers right now. And I feel as though Mackling is off, but listening, and if I say any sort of like, prediction that of course the bombers are going to win this one tonight my phone will be blasted so i'm just gonna leave it at that mcgarry oh <laughs> uh, yeah that's right you, you you did point out yesterday that he doesn't know he his days off are not days off so you're probably right he's probably up and listening right he's now. like on the he's literally building something right now he's like constructing the ark just in case or something <laughs> in his front yard i mean it did rain a lot yesterday which was wonderful like did you not just i don't know about what your area but we just got a nice big soak and it was awesome yeah it, it uh, well it's funny because i uh i woke up from a nap and like i'm hungry i'm gonna walk across the street and go to subway and clearly i did not look out the window because as i'm walking outside i thought <laughs> oh it's raining and once i exited the subway it was pouring and my my hoodie that i wore was wearing is still wet. Like I was going to wear it again oh, yeah. this morning and it's still drying off. So <laughs> I usually am pretty good about grabbing an umbrella and this time I completely failed. So, but yes, I mean, we, we need the rain. It's uh, it, 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 it's weird that when you look, think of last year versus this year, how it's been kind of a dry summer so far. Yeah, it, it feels like it's been really dry for sure. And also it's been just bizarre. We had really a lot of heat in June and the past couple of weeks have been cool. But man, the t- forecast looks fantastic for this weekend for your big golf weekend that will go down as the weekends of all weekends starting off in Minnedosa. So I hope your weather holds for you. Yes, I'm very excited. I hope it does too, because uh, yesterday it was looking potentially dicey. Mm-hmm. But uh, as it turns out, with tied into what I'll be doing this weekend, I promise that this week's small town salute. There was no 
nepotism or favoritism or insert whatever ism you I want. I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> I want to. I actually say I had nothing to do with what's going down at seven thirty-seven. That's right. We're heading to Lorenz' hometown, Minnedosa <laughs> Golf and Country Club, because last year a lot of golf courses got hit super hard with flooding, and Minnedosa was one of them. And I and I remember Loren. I've only played the golf course once, but one of the things that I enjoyed about it is there are a number of holes that have these huge backstops where I'm like, ah, it's like impossible to lose your golf ball here in case you blow out over the green. And now I understand why they had these huge backstops because that was, I guess, partly a flood mitigation or it was like a, it was like a barrier. Yeah, lots of work has been done on that course to sort of help. I mean, it, it's right next to the Rolling River. And so they're just years where even just in an average year, sometimes that river can go over its banks. But in a bad year, it can really be problematic. So they had flash flooding a couple of years ago in late June, early July. And then last year, of course, with the spring flooding. So it's it's been, I hope it's been, I hope we're hearing it's been a good season for them. And of course, you're going to go to Nipawa Sunday, Clear Lake Saturday. I mean, golf is a big part of industry in Manitoba too, right? It draws people out for tourism. It's good for the small towns, which is what our small town salute is all about because it's uh, a nice place for people to go for in their own backyard. So I hope we hear from them that things are going well. And I hope you're, you don't lose any of your balls this weekend. <laughs> I bought three dozen yesterday because <laughs> I can guarantee you that I will lose most of them. So. Oh, somewhere the guy who invented like this game and golf balls is just like cackling madly, you know, like just I'm going to invent a game where you have to spend so much money on things you're just never going to find again. Well, and it's the worst, too, because depending because golf balls range from, I don't know, 20 bucks a dozen to like $80 a dozen, maybe more. And when you do happen to use one that's I never buy the the ultra expensive ones. But uh, even if you've got a golf ball that's like five bucks a ball, you put it on the tee for the first time and then you hammer it into the forest or you dump it into a pond. You're like, well, I might as well just take this, take five dollars out of my wallet and burn it yes. on the spot. It's so frustrating to, to know that this thing that I'm spending money on is just going to di- potentially disappear the second I start using it. Although I feel like that's almost every golf's probably the worst for that in terms of losing things. But you know, like we buy a round of pucks for the kids to shoot in the garage every year, and I can't find half of them. Like, where would those go? You know, like they're just like I guess moose maybe ate them or buried them. But beyond that, I don't know where half those pucks are. (laughs) Ate them. I chews on them. Like that's a nice thing to chew on, nice and hard. I don't know if he eats them. (laughs) I don't know. He doesn't eat them though, Brett. I don't know that. Like, I don't know where they go. And then, you know, in every everyone's yard uh, across the country, you have someone else's soccer ball or someone else's volleyball or someone else, you know, like things just get lost. But golf, I think, must be the worst. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm already I'm kind of getting stressed out thinking about it now, but also excited thinking about it heading out tomorrow. So, again, small town salute 735. We will head to Minnedosa and then moving from one game to another at 805. Clay Young is going to join us, Loren, to talk about what's been one of the biggest crazes in North America now for years, and it's still growing. Oh, and it used to be one of these sports, in my mind anyway, pickleball used to be one of these things that I thought was like a seniors game, right? It was, you know, it's something that you'd see in community centers and it felt like it had a certain demo to it. And that's just not the case anymore. I don't think you can walk into a rec center and not see it. There's very few streets that you walk down that you can't hear the sounds of it, you know, in really those denser neighborhoods because a lot of people play pickleball. There are now, there's now so much pickleball going on. I think I was reading in the New York Times over the weekend that people are mad about the sounds of pickleball 
ball <laughs> in certain cities because it's too annoying and too loud. Oh, like that's wow. all they hear from their balconies, depending on where you might live. And so we're going to get into the pickleball craze at eight o'clock. And it's an intense game. I know a guy who broke his leg playing it, uh, and he was down for the count for like three months. Oh no! Yeah, he, so he I think he took it maybe just a little too seriously. So Clay's going to join us at eight o five with more on pickleball. Imagine you're at a concert to see one of your favorite performers, and in front of the thousands in attendance, the performer singles you out and yells at you. Here's a lowdown <laughs> from ET Canada's Sangeeta Patel and Cheryl Hickey. Okay, a little advice. Don't take selfies during a Miranda Lambert concert. Yeah, during a recent performance at her Las Vegas residency, Miranda stopped mid-song mm-hmm. to call out fans for taking selfies, and the whole moment, of course, was caught on camera. Take a look. I'm gonna stop right here for a sec, Danny. I'm sorry. These girls are worried about the selfie and not listening to the song. It's me off a little bit. You can even see some angry audience members walking out of the show. Yeah, Adela Kalin was one of the women Miranda called out, and she mm. spoke about the incident on Good Morning America. I thought, I feel like I'm being back in school, and me and my friends did something that annoyed the teacher, and she scolded us, and she told us to sit down. It's a great explanation. As for Miranda, her rep told ABC that she has no comment to add. What are your thoughts on this whole situation? She has no comment because she stands behind what she said. Here's the thing. I I just think fans pay so much money to go to these concerts. And you know what? They just want to capture a moment, take a picture, remember it. Like, what are we doing? And the funny part, they were in a booth, like a VIP booth. So there wasn't really anywhere to sit. They'd get to dance and move around a little bit. And they just turned around and took that selfie for that moment. I think just enjoy the selfie. That's what it's all about these days, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Like, I, I, I... I, I can appreciate if you're on the stage and you're looking out into the crowd and you're like, you know, you're putting your heart and soul into this and everyone just has their phone up, and which we know everyone, almost everyone does now at concert. And they're not even sometimes looking at you. They're looking at you through their phone as they take pictures or often just videos, which I've never understood what people do with. What are you doing with your 27 minutes of a Miranda Lambert concert on your crappy, you know, phone? But anyway, the selfie is different. Like, I think it's a moment you are trying to capture. That's the world we live in now, Brett. Like, as much as it annoys me how often I see people taking pictures and maybe in my mind not being present, I take selfies at concerts. If I, if I had a seat where Bon John, John Bon Jovi was behind me, <laughs> And then I can see his face. I'd be like, look where I am. Like, I would do that. I don't know why I picked that as my cool example, but like, I, I get, I get why you take the selfie. And on the other hand, like, and, and I, if I paid five or six hundred, a thousand bucks to be in a VIP booth, part of me would think that's how I'm spending my money. If I'm Miranda Lambert, maybe, or, or a person on stage, you're perhaps thinking, why did you pay all this money to come see me if this is what you're doing? And it, 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 it raises the question about, what makes for bad behavior or good behavior at an event. And it it makes, we were discussing this yesterday, Loren, it kind of occurred to me, um, how do teachers put up with this all day, every day? 
with kids talking or doing stuff at the back of the class. It must drive them insane because anytime I have to get up and speak in front of a room for whatever reason, whether I'm, say, like I've gone to Red River College a couple of times to speak to students in my former program, Creative Communications, or if I'm emceeing a wedding, for example, or a gala, uh, it is distracting when people are speaking. So I, I kind of... I, I feel for the fans. I understand why they wanted to take their pictures, but I also, I also sort of understand why Miranda Lambert may have been upset or annoyed in that moment. I wonder if they're just it, it comes to this time where we you know you need to have that policy. It was a Bruno Mars who a couple of years ago had a no phone policy or asked them not to at a Vegas concert. Mm-hmm. And there have been other concerts where they ask you to put your phone away. I know I was at a Coldplay one a few years ago in Minneapolis. And at one point he said, okay, guys, like we're halfway through the concert here. Surely you all have enough photos. I'm asking you to put your photo, your phones away. And most people did. And so maybe it's time for those artists to maybe create their own policies. I don't know about shaming someone in the middle of it, but I get it. And I guess I wonder where the line is. You know, you wouldn't go to the symphony and stand up and be like, look at the tuba guys right behind me. Look how big his tuba is. Here's my picture. Because there's a decorum there. Mm-hmm. And there isn't at other events. It's sort of like anything goes. And so if it's something that's starting to annoy artists, maybe they just need to be more vocal about it rather than calling someone out. I, I Yeah. I can get how you'd be annoyed. I have certainly been annoyed. And we're going to get into this more at 837. We're bringing on sort of an etiquette expert to talk. Well, she is an etiquette expert, not sort of, about about what we're seeing out there. Because we've commented in the past about how we do think behaviors have changed in the last few years. The last few events I have emceed, I have been shocked is not the right word. But people are very much more unruly, if, if that's the right word, than before, right? They're just you can What used to be the low murmur in the crowd while someone was on stage and I don't mean when I'm talking I meant I mean when any of the speakers have been talking that gets louder and louder to the point where I've never had to say more often than before please can you guys everyone just listen in this is an important speech or an important moment or you know that kind of thing and I think maybe people have forgotten where they are sometimes <laughs> and well and, and just on concerts as well uh, in the news recently like for weeks now we've been hearing stories of people throwing things at artists you talk about put your phone away uh bb rexa for example somebody decided to put it away on her face they threw it at her and uh she got a huge black eye and then we heard uh i think shane hewitt was talking about this yesterday on the shift a few days ago to brian adams concert he i think at one point they were they were doing summer of 69 and he said sing it and one of the fans took his instructions quite specifically and and crashed the stage and grab the microphone. So we're seeing all sorts of weird things happening in concerts. Um, and here, and I'll just ask you this quickly. What about if the performer tells you to get up and no one does? I went to a Christina Aguilera show in Las Vegas back in 2019 at Planet Hollywood. And, I mean, it's pop music. It's up. It's upbeat. It's energetic. And she was practically begging the crowd to get up and dance, but nobody... Nobody would. Uh, what? It was weird. I, I, because I, I, I know the person I was with wanted to, but the people behind us weren't. So we didn't want to stand up and block their view. It was the strangest thing ever. I'm like, we're at a pop concert. No one wants to get up. 
That's I've had the, I've had that happen though where I have stood up at concerts and I've been told to sit down and and I'm I just think is this what we came here for? You're at a, it's not the symphony. Like you're st- you're here to move. And I appreciate that doesn't work for a lot of people. You might you might have mobility issues and all the rest, but I I feel bad for the performer if the crowd's just sitting there. That would be weird. So up next It's their stage. Like I feel like they get their it's their house you're walking into. They do get to dictate some of the rules. Oh, I went to I went to, I went to see Disturbed. Uh, 10 years ago or so metal show and it was in a venue I can't remember where the show was but then a metal band I think would expect there to be a floor and fans bouncing up and down but it was all seats that were like bolted to the ground so you couldn't remove these seats and you could tell that they threw them off when they came out on stage because the energy level was different and they didn't know what to do with it it was kind of awkward for them (laughs) Uh, but up next we want to ask you about the bad behaviors you notice or maybe are guilty of, when attending an event. It's McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is off today. We've got bomber tickets up for grabs for tonight's game against Edmonton. Pre-game at 5.30, kickoff 7.30. Don't forget to wear white tonight if you are going to the game. So we just had a chat about Miranda Lambert, country singer, yelling at some fans for taking a selfie during her show. She stopped the song and gave them crap and then carried on. But uh, that is we're going to expand on that conversation. We want to ask you about the bad behaviors you have witnessed at an event or perhaps been accused of or found guilty of. Tell us a story at 204-780-6868. Like, for example, Loren, we heard from, already heard from one listener, Bobby, who (laughs) has, uh, this is right out of a Weird Al song, this uh, situation involving a selfie. Bobby unbelievably said that they had a friend take a selfie at a funeral. The lyrics in the song Tacky, which is a takeoff on uh, Happy, Weird Al says, I would live tweet a funeral, take selfies with the deceased because I'm tacky. <laughs> and I, so when I saw God. this, I, I can't believe this actually happens in real life. So tell us a story. Some people are that unaware, man. Like I'm, there's some people are just that out there. They don't even think. Honestly, I believe that 100%. Oh, yeah. Some people just live in their own bubble. Yep. No clue what's going on around them. Cam, why don't we start with you? Uh, well, I'll start. I was at a comedy show back in 2018 at, at the Burton Cummings Theater. Um, Brian Regan, really, really funny guy. Anyway, so I was there with my brother, and uh, we're sitting there trying to watch the show and, and, and you know, laugh. Of course, that's what we're doing there. And there was a lady behind us who had, had too much to drink, and she was there with her husband or boyfriend or whatever. And every time there was a joke, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Every single time. And between jokes, while the person was setting it up, she would talk through the entire time. Well, eventually I had enough. I'd lean, I turned around and I went, I just, I didn't even say shh. I just put my, my finger to my mouth and I said, you know, come on, like, just be aware. Well, she got so offended. She got so offended. And it's like, we're all there to laugh and have fun, right? And she got so like out there and the rest of the time I actually at one point leaned over to my brother and I whispered something in his ear and she's like look at him he's talking and he gives me crap for talking and look at him her boyfriend or husband or whatever was so annoyed with her they let he he said he he walked out midway through the show and she sat there for like a little while and was just like I think you know and I wasn't looking I was sitting forward and she eventually left halfway through the show but it was that was the worst I'd ever experienced (laughs) can you do that 
Yeah! <laughs> yes! And it would go on for 10 seconds afterwards. Oh. It was ridiculous. I I'm a, I'm a appreciate your restraint and respect it because I would have lost it. Um, Ross, what about you? How are you supposed to follow up that performance? Yeah. Man, what are you we, performing? You, we Bert can pass if you want. <laughs> Take next. a selfie in front of his performance yeah. when he does that next Yeah, time. next week at Burton Cummings, Camp Poetry. I, I, I live that moment at least every single day. So it's very vivid. <laughs> so it fuels your rage? It fuels my rage, yeah. <laughs> I think I just want to highlight where bad behavior It's in the middle of this. The guy has his phone out distracting me. I'm getting popcorn thrown in the back of my head. Ugh. You were the meat and the irritation sandwich in that situation. I sure was. <laughs> <laughs> and Loren, what about you? I I think based on some of the things I've seen and that have gone viral, some of the worst behavior out there might be uh, parents at minor sporting events. But uh, I was at a Remembrance Day uh, ceremony. I think it was just last fall. And, you know, often I think it's a, people assume there's a certain generation that's using their phones and they've got no respect and all this kind of thing. And I look over and there's a woman, I, I'm going to guess, you know, in her 70s uh, on her like texting during the ceremony while like a, a retired soldier is talking. And I was like, oh, maybe there's an, you know, you try to give someone the benefit of the doubt. It's not disturbing anyone. I guess it's not, shouldn't be bothering me, but I look over and it's just like a series of emojis back and forth with whoever she's texting with. And I thought, well, nothing serious is happening here. And I, I wanted to turn to her and say, I don't know why you're here. Like if this is what is going on, but that phone has become a thing that sort of takes us away and we forget where I think people forget they're even on it half the time. Like, you know, with speakerphone conversations, with taking the photos. But I just thought in that moment, like you deliberately set aside an hour of your day to come pay respects on Remembrance Day, and now we're texting back and forth. I don't get it. McGarry and McNabb, Mackling is off today. Small Town Salute Thursdays at 7.35. Today we are going to head to Minnedosa to check on how their golf course has healed up after brutal flooding last year. At 8.05, Clay Young, Global News Morning, will join us to talk pickleball. And in a moment, we're going to talk about graffiti and litter in our city. But before that, a reminder, at 204-780-6868, we're asking you to tell us about bad behaviors at events. And this is in response to Miranda Lambert uh, blasting at some fans for taking selfies during her show. And what does Ruth have to say about that, Loren? Ruth says, I call malarkey on Lambert. She's there to perform a concert, not be a princess. A selfie doesn't hurt anyone. People don't go to concerts to be chastised by the performer. When have we taken the selfie to be something different than asking someone to take a photo of us at a tourist area? Ruth has other thoughts on, on concert performances as well. We might get more into that later. But I don't know if I would equate this... A selfie at a concert is the same as a tourist area because someone's doing something behind you. And are you ignoring them in that moment? Or are you trying to capture them in the moment? And I just think it might be the perspective there. I, I don't know. I would hate to have been yelled at in this moment. I can say that. For sure. And good, and good for you, Ruth, for using the word malarkey. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Put a smile on my face. And a reminder that in our next segment, I'll tell you of how someone at a concert decided to use me and the guy beside me as his own personal catapult. We'll explain what that means in about 10 minutes time. But right now we want to talk about 155,000 liters of garbage were picked up in the downtown last month and 1,300 graffiti tags removed. 
So that work in the downtown was done by the folks at the Downtown Biz. And it's just one of many groups that are working to keep our neighborhoods clean, not just because it looks better, but I think it makes us all feel better about where we live and even that sense or that perception of safety. And so I've asked the Downtown Biz, as well as the West End Biz, Osborne, other groups to let me know how their numbers compare to previous years. Are we seeing more or less garbage, more or less graffiti this summer? And on that front... Take Pride Winnipeg says there's some good news and maybe some bad news. We're joined now by the executive director of Take Pride Winnipeg, Tom Ethans. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. Okay, so let's talk about the garbage and graffiti. Up, down, what are you seeing? Well, I, I really seen a lot of graffiti this year. Uh, I talked to the, the city graffiti team yesterday, and they said that uh, there's quite a bit, but they don't know if it's worse this year than it was last year. It's, it's uh, pretty comparable, but... It just seems to be more prevalent in areas where it's more high visibility. So I think that's one of the problems. And, and so people start seeing it more and more, and uh, it just looks bad. But uh, downtown in particular has been hit uh, quite hard, and the downtown biz people are working diligently to get off as much graffiti as they can as quickly as they can. And it's not just about keeping neighborhoods clean. What do you hear from residents when it comes to how a cleaner neighborhood can contribute to feelings of safety? It does. It certainly does. And it certainly, uh, if your neighborhood is clean, uh, graffiti-free and litter-free, it certainly makes people feel better about where they live. And we need to do that for the entire province of Manitoba, not just in certain areas. So I actually checked in with the city yesterday, Tom, and asked them how many calls they get to 311 on graffiti. And so far this year, so up to a July 17th, they had 964 calls. That's up from 634 in the same period last year, so about 300 more calls. But there have been previous years where it's been much higher. So it's just sort of an ebb and flow thing. But they did point out that they're not always the first place people call and that a lot of this falls on those biz zones. So how does it work? Like if I spot you know, a, a real mess in my neighborhood, whether it's litter or graffiti, who do I call? Well, you can call 311. You can call your biz zone if you're, if you're in, for an example, the West End, and they have graffiti crews that will go out and get rid of it. It's a free service, and people don't understand. Uh, we get calls all the time saying, can you come and take off the graffiti, and how much is it going to cost us? Nothing. It's a free service, and, and people have to understand that. But they can also take it upon themselves to get rid of the graffiti, uh, as quickly as possible. If it's on a painted surface, you can even get free paint from the Winnipeg Police Services. Really? Yeah. Free paint. So, so how do you do, do that? Do it yourself, and 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 let's get everybody working together to to uh, alleviate this problem. But then, when it comes to like, let's say there, I see graffiti on a business. Uh, so would that business owner call the biz zone? Like, at what point do you determine, okay, I need to call the biz or I need to call the city? Like, if it's on public property, would I, would I be looking to the city instead? Yes. If it's on public property, look at the city. If it's business, you can call your biz zone. If you're in a biz zone, if not, phone 311. And and they, the service is free uh, because we would like to get rid of the graffiti as quickly as possible. So, uh, but we need to know about it and you need to sign a waiver saying, yes, we're going to allow us to take it off for free. Hmm. So graffiti's up garbage. How about that, Tom? 
Garbage was horrible this spring, um, but we've had a lot of lot of volunteers and and groups have gone out to pick up litter, and it's getting a lot better. And there are certain areas that are uh, really really nice. Our, our annual litter index was up slightly this year, but uh, it is uh, getting a lot better than it was. But there's still so much litter out there. And still, cigarette butts are the number one cause of 30% of litter of cigarette butts. But now we can take cigarette butts we can re- and we can recycle them through a company called TerraCycle, who will take back cigarette butts and recycle them. You know what they do with them? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how the process, but they, but they can get rid of them, and you can send them to TerraCycle for free if you just go on the TerraCycle website, and they will... They will take your cigarette butts and then this, they will recycle them. Sorry, Tom, I interrupted there. I, a lot of this is just stuff I think people might not be aware of because I've been concerned in months past, maybe even years past, that we sort of have this entitlement thing going on where it's not my problem, not my street, not my neighborhood, so I'm not going to take care of it. But it might be that also people just aren't aware of how they can contribute. Well, exactly. And if I say when I go to schools and do presentations, I say to the students, if everybody in Manitoba walked outside today, took 30 seconds and picked up a piece of litter that's 1.4 million pieces of litter off the ground. It doesn't take much to make a difference. And I want to do a challenge today to get people to go outside, take 10 minutes, pick up some litter, take a picture of what you've picked up, and send it to us at Take Pride Winnipeg and uh, show us how you are one of the people that want to make a difference. Tom Ethans with Take Pride Winnipeg. Thank you very much for joining us, sir. We appreciate it. Thank you. Tom Ethans is the executive director of Take Pride Winnipeg. And indeed, Loren, on the the, the graffiti thing, like we were talking uh, in recent weeks about how I noticed on the Osborne Bridge as I was walking home that it was just covered, the barriers, the railings, just covered in graffiti. And it does does add to that perception of uh, just it feels less welcoming. It feels less safe. And the city, to their credit, they went out and they cleaned up. They've cleaned up most of it. I think they're still working on it, but the the, the west side is all clear, and half of the east side of the bridge is all clear. So, uh, and it, it makes a world of difference, especially as we've got the police and fire games coming up in what mm-hmm. over just over a week now. Mm-hmm. You got people coming to town. You got all sorts of tourism taking place, right? And you want to walk with them through all these wonderful neighborhoods, and you want to show them off. And garbage and graffiti sort of deter things. I will say this. I I still think in many public spaces, we need more garbage cans. The number of times you're out and you just think and you turn and you have to really sometimes hunt to find a place to put that garbage. That doesn't mean you then chuck it on the ground if you don't find one. I don't ever understand that. But it it does make it, you know, a bit more difficult for the person who has that already in their mind to do so. McGarry and McNabb, Mackling is off today. We're talking about bad events or bad event behavior. And here's an example of what not to do at a concert if you don't want to lose your life or suffer grievous injury. This was June 25th, 1997, Winnipeg Arena. Bush was the headline act. Veruca Salt was the opening act. You remember Veruca Salt? Loren? Yes, I yeah. forgot. Where is Veruca Salt now? I don't know, but they were they, those girls could rock. But um, we, I, my buddies and I, we had tickets on the floor, and it wasn't floor seats. It was just a you know rush. Everybody was standing, and I was there was of course a pit, a mosh pit, people crowd surfing and whatnot. I sort of stood just behind it, 
and my buddies were in the pit and I, I hung back a little bit. And it just so happened I'm standing beside this guy who's about my height. I'm 6'4". He was about 6'4". But he was significantly larger than me. He was bald, burly, big beard. Didn't look like a, somebody you wanted to mess with. Well, so we're standing there and then some teenager comes up from behind us. So, of course, we can't see what he's about to do because he's behind us. He... He, I'm standing on the left, big guy to my right. He puts his hands on both of our shoulders in an attempt to propel himself into the crowd to crowd the surf. All he succeeded in doing was taking us both down himself as well. <laughs> and both me and this guy grabbed him by the scruff of the neck at the same time <laughs> to punch him. And then we realized it was like a 13 year old kid oh. and uh, we had to back off. But the guy beside me, I swear if it was an adult who had done this, he might've killed him. So there you go. Don't do that at a concert. Do not use other people as your personal pommel horse or launch pad. Small town salute. And this week, we want to check in with the Manitoba business to find out how things have changed in 2023 after what was a tough 2022 due to spring flooding. And it ties in with my impending vacation, which begins this weekend with a triad of golf starting in Minnedosa tomorrow, Clear Lake on Saturday, and Nipawa on Sunday. And when it comes to flooding last year, a lot of golf courses got hammered. Like just for example, my home base, Kingswood in LaSalle, and in fact, there were three courses along the LaSalle River that all got hit hard. Kingswood, River Oaks, and Bridges all had several holes underwater. North of the city, Selkirk got battered. Uh, that's just a handful of examples. And this handful also includes a course that's about two and a half hours west. And right in the backyard of your youth, Loren McNabb, Minnedosa took a pounding. Yeah, so Patrick Law is the head pro and GM at Minnedosa Golf and Country Club and is up early with us this morning. Good morning, Patrick. Good morning. How are you guys today? We're great, thank you. Uh, you know, I was looking back on some posts from the the Country Club last year. If I look back to one from May, mid-May, it talked about how you lost the battle with the Little Saskatchewan River, which, of course, runs adjacent to the course. So if you don't mind, Patrick, maybe just take us back to what things looked like at that time last year. Yeah, uh, about early spring there, we could kind of see a bit of an issue coming with the river rising and all the all the meltwater coming from Riding Mountain, and uh, we did our best. Our crews battled day and night really hard, but uh, at the end of the day, we share a very long bank with the Little Saskatchewan River, and it was just too much for us to handle. So our staff started focusing on uh, mediating it elsewhere on the course, getting the rest of the course ready, and helping the community itself. There was uh, no shortage of volunteers throughout the community helping sandbag businesses and and schools and other areas of this this community it all came together pretty quickly but unfortunately for the golf course there was not much to be done what do you do with all that water do you just have to wait for it to go away on its own or did you have to remove it uh more or less yeah we had to wait for it to come within the within its banks again uh outside of our dike and then the pumping process started and that process went for six weeks almost by the time it was all said and done there's that much water out there and then the rains that everybody had to deal with last year 
kind of continued to fill us a bit like a bathtub. So mm. it was uh, it was a long, drawn-out process last year, and we actually weren't able to get all 18 holes functional until August long of last year, which puts a pretty big hit on uh, on a seasonal business. I bet. Is there any sense of what that might have cost, Patrick? Yeah, we're... Uh, we're looking at numbers this year versus numbers last year, and we're six figures ahead of what we were last year. So I, I had it kind of banked that we were losing fifty to $70,000 a month based on the flooding and what it would cost, not, a, not even factored into that number. So it was a substantial number. Uh, luckily, luckily, we had some financial aid come in and again community with a lot of volunteer efforts kind of mitigated that a little bit but it was uh, definitely a big hit that we don't want to see ever happen again our guest this morning is patrick law he's the head pro and gm at minnedosa golf and country club and patrick is it stressful like you mentioned seasonal business so is it stressful at the best of times operating a business that's kind of at the mercy of the weather yeah 100 percent. i mean this year I'm just as stressed probably as I was last year, but in, in different and, and better ways. Um, but, yeah, you always wake up and look at the forecast and see what it's going to be because that dictates almost your entire day and, and how big events are going to go. You just pray that you're not going to get a, a poor day for that 140-person event that you've been planning for for weeks or months. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely a factor for sure at the best of times. So let's talk about the best of times then, Patrick. You know, Brett's going there this weekend. I have family that golfs there weekly, and and so many people just love that course. What's it look like this year, and what are you just sort of hearing from people who are hitting the links there? Yeah, so everything that I just described there sounds fairly doom and gloom, but anybody showing up here this year would probably never know that any of that happened. We're in fantastic shape. Our maintenance staff has done an incredible job that uh, has even left me speechless at times on how some of these areas have come back so well. We had four greens, five greens, I think, completely underwater last year, and they're some of the best on the course, ironically, now. So everything is everything is really good condition-wise this year, and traffic-wise as well. We've seen quite a few people coming from, from Winnipeg on their way to Clear Lake, as uh, some of you are in the near future here. And... Yeah, everything's been fantastic this year. Membership's really pleased. A lot of positive comments for Dan Bailey and his and his staff here on the ground, ground side of things. And how's the business of golf overall, do you think, uh, from your perspective? Because demand for golf did see a bit of a surge during the pandemic. Yeah, the pandemic definitely had a positive effect in, in most regards in the golf business. Uh, I think it has stepped back slightly from that, but overall I think we're still... A lot of us in the industry are trying to re- retain that uh, those numbers that we gained throughout the pandemic, and uh, many of them are doing a fantastic job of that, and I think we are as well. We definitely see increased numbers in participation and demographics that we wouldn't normally see, and we're doing everything we can here to kind of nurture that and ensure that more people come to the game, beginners, and everybody is welcome. We use the slogan, all swings welcome here quite often because we want anybody and everybody to come enjoy the game uh, and all ages of life and all walks of life. So Brett's heading there tomorrow, Patrick. What's the hole as a warning to him where you hear the most curses on? <laughs> uh, oh, man. 
not many. Not many. They're all very great and and welcoming here. You won't have any problems at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll, oh, wait, no. see, I'll wait to hear that one. <laughs> yeah, if the if the wind starts blowing on the back nine, there's uh, there's many that can kind of give you a few fits just because it is so wide open. Hole ten is one that usually plays into the wind, and everybody comes back kind of shaking their shaking their head up but that's completely the fault of mother nature that's not us <laughs> <laughs> well i i've only i've played the course a couple of years ago for the first time i had a great time it's such a fun course so i'm really i'm happy to hear that it's that you've bounced back after last year it was just watch just looking at the pictures you were posting on your social media it just it must have been like it was devastating for me just to see it so it's, i can't imagine what it was like to be standing in the, right beside it looking at it just scratching your head going how did how do what do yeah. we do here yeah i'm i'm standing at the window of our first tee here right now from the pro shop and a year ago this time i was looking at completely dead grass outside of our practice green and at one time we had people kayaking off of the first hole last year so it's a much better view this year and i'm happy that that's behind us and hopefully uh behind us for a very long time we don't have to deal with anything like that again in the future patrick law is the head pro and gm at minnedosa golf and country club patrick thank you for joining us and uh looking forward to seeing your, you and your course tomorrow all right thank you both very much we'll see you soon and uh loren the, it doesn't matter which hole it is the <laughs> i know <laughs> I know. You could you could just be like walking up to the tee box on one and be all of a sudden just flummoxed. I know. I know. Yeah. Everyone, that's golf. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it can be hard sometimes to contain the uh the rage. Yeah. I I tend to I'll swear really loud. Uh, my buddy Sean will either throw his ball uh or throw his club. He actually once threw his club. <laughs> we we are at Tuxedo. Or he was at Tuxedo. And there's one hole where there's a like a pretty tall fence that runs along the course, and he threw his four iron in frustration. He meant to throw it straight ahead of him, but he held onto it too long, and he threw it over the fence. So he had, oh, to, no. cl- he had to climb a 15 foot fence uh, to go get his golf club. It's a stupid they- game, but I love it. You know, Loren, when I first heard of this game. I thought that's a an interesting name, but uh, never would I have imagined that the game we were about to discuss would have become as popular as it has. No, I remember first seeing it played overseas, and and I remember being on the beach in Tel Aviv and hearing the sort of this ball going back and forth, and it's like that plastic sound, and wondered what I was hearing. And then I was walking in our local gym on the track, and next thing you know, there's a bunch of people play, playing below. And I used to have this perception that it was sort of like a seniors person game, but man, you can look at headlines right across this continent, and they all talk about pickleball craze in Montana, pickleball craze. In at Fenway Park, pickleball craze. Doctors urge players not to ignore injuries. Like people are taking this seriously, including here in Winnipeg. And so we want to go now to Global's Clay Young, who I hope is playing pickleball as we speak. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, let me let me point something out to you right now. I really we're at the. Uh, Winnipeg West uh, pickleball courts. I don't know if you can hear it in the background. There's a furious game going on. Uh, it's out in St. James, just off Ness. And uh, I'm going to bring in uh, Kevin Harrison, who is the president of the club. Uh, boy, I tell you, there, there's games going on right behind us. 
Uh, this thing is taken off by leaps and bounds in Winnipeg, right? You betcha. Um, just as an example, um, when I started seven, eight years ago, there was about 30 of us initially started and came in and started the club. Our club membership now is about 300. Um, so this is a pretty representable day. You're going to see 20, up to 40 people here most days. Saturday is usually the biggest day. Right. So there's lots uh, lots of activity going on out here. And uh, is, it, a- is it difficult to learn? Is it like, compare it to ping pong or, or tennis? Um, it's, it's an easy, quite an easy sport to learn. It is definitely a combination of all those different sports. Um, any, anyone with experience in those, any type of a racket sport really picks this sport quickly. Right. The, um, and the young, younger they are, the faster they pick it up, the more athletic they are, you know, and it, and it becomes, um, a very addictive sport after the first time you're out. If you're out, you're hooked yeah. usually. And, uh, well, and, there's, and, you know, there's actually professional leagues now in, in, in America. And I, I, I've been reading Tom Brady owns a team and mm-hmm. LeBron James owns a team. Uh, this is Nina Constable, who's a member of the club. How did you get involved in this? Um, I started actually down in Arizona when we were going down south. And as Kevin said, the first time I played it, I was just hooked on it. And I've been playing for 10 years now. And there's a lot of uh, camaraderie here, I've, I've noticed. You know, you meet new people, you make new friends. And if you just want to have fun, you can have fun. But if you want to crank it up a bit, it can get a little competitive. Oh, definitely it can. There's so many tournaments throughout the province and throughout Canada. So if you are a competitive person, you definitely um, could find a tournament to enter. Yeah. It, there's, there's different terminology, right? I mean, if I, I was just told by one of your members, I mean, if you really, if you really give it to uh, another player or another team, you, you pickle them? Is oh. it? Yeah, that's that's the. Uh, the <laughs> I'm gonna the, pickle the, you, man. Yeah, the, the, uh, you know, five o'clock. We're meeting in the yeah. course, and I'm gonna pickle you. Oh yeah, well, I'm gonna pickle you. Right, that's the 11-0 score, right? So, yeah, so that. And there's, there's some people of, might get pickled after they get pickled, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that uh, could be happen as well. Too. Yeah, I know. Exactly. exactly, and it's for all ages, right? That's I mean, true. you know, there's apparently a, a youth movement. I, I'm listening to Mr. McGarry as he intro this. I didn't really know much about this either until I started looking at social media and everybody's ranting and raving about it. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. I've, I've been in uh, tournaments in the U.S. where there's 10-year-olds uh-huh. hold, holding their own in a like a, a medium or intermediate men's men's league yeah they are just so agile and so quick they just and the court's small they can just pop around the court like like nothing yeah right? well so, that's yeah. actually that's where i sort of got yeah. the idea to, to yeah. oh we got to do something on this because everybody's talking about it great great family sport it's it's compared to other sports like hockey and 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 you know baseball and the others it's relatively cheap to get your family Involved, right. you know the equipment. As as I'm sure Ken was saying earlier, when he was looking at equipment with you, it's it's relatively inexpensive. Yeah, you know to get uh, two or four paddles and bring your bring your family out. Yeah, the paddles Great. were light as a feather. Okay, I want to thank you both. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you very much. You're thank you. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, guys, we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna go back to the studio. We gotta we gotta get some some of our station people to come out and play pickleball. What do you think? I think that sounds great, Clay, man. we got 60 seconds left here. Sorry, why do they call it pickleball? 
Why do they? Hey, why do the? Why is it called pickleball? I mean, it could be called anything. It could be called a million time things. Well, why is it called pickleball? I think there's several different stories of that going around. Uh, the one that I think is the most uh, credible is that the game was started back in 1965 in Washington by a group of. Um, fathers and parents looking to do something with their kids uh -huh. um, and I believe they had a dog called Pickles that they used to send after the uh, the errant balls from the court so that's the best I know so there you have it <laughs> oh wow Pickles get the ball and it just caught on you bet that yeah. is a great <laughs> dog name oh yeah I love that name you know I gotta rename my cat my cat's name is Kimu so I'm gonna rename her Pickles come here Right, right. You sound like you're hooked, Clay. I am hooked, man. I'm hooked. All right, back to you guys. Clay on Global News Morning. He is chaos and mayhem. Clay, oh. Clayham. You know what's funny just now? So, I, you know, like, so this game, like, it's like, I like uh, ping pong. We have a ping pong table. So it's kind of like ping pong, badminton, tennis, but just a little bit less. You don't have to put as much energy as tennis, I don't think. I just was looking at our local gym. What do they have on tap for this afternoon? Because sometimes I bring drop the kids off or I'll go with them. Yeah. Guess what's happening today? Open gym pickleball. Oh, wow. <laughs> you got to go play. Coincidentally, I think I might get the family out. Get us going. Put a team in. Just, You're going to see me like Team Manitoba pickleball champ. Just watch out for those injuries. Like you got to watch out for the injuries. And I don't have Moose is not fetching any ball without eating it. So he's <laughs> useless there. <laughs> We've been talking this morning about bad behavior at live events, whether it's a movie or a gala dinner, concert, you name it. A conversation, of course, as we've been telling you, that was prompted by the reaction of country singer Miranda Lambert at a recent concert. She was on stage this week singing when she spotted some fans close to the stage taking a selfie. I'm going to stop right here for a sec, Danny. I'm sorry. selfie and not listening to the song to me off a little bit. I don't like it. I don't know. We're here to hear some country music tonight. I'm singing some country music. And you can even see some angry audience members walking out of the show. Yeah, Adela Kalen was one of the women Miranda called out and she mm. spoke about the incident on Good Morning America. I thought, I feel like I'm being back in school and me and my friends did something that annoyed the teacher and she scolded us and she told us to sit down. It's a great explanation. As for Miranda, her rep told ABC that she has no comment to add. What are your thoughts on this whole situation? Okay, of course, that story comes from Entertainment Canada. And uh, Lambert thought the fans were behaving badly, Brett. And some of our listeners and myself included a little bit on this one thinks maybe it's Lambert that might need to apologize. But no matter who you're ticked off at, I think this is just one example of people acting rudely at concerts and more. Or maybe you're on the fence of this is just life in the century we're living in now. This is how people behave. Jessica LaRusso is an etiquette expert at In Good Company Etiquette Academy and Finishing School and joins us now. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Britt. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Um, pretty, pretty intense reaction to, uh, to the concert. And, and I can understand, uh, why the singer was, was a little upset because, uh, they were they were close to the stage uh taking selfies uh, why why are you there at a concert um yes to enjoy yourself but 
you know, we can look different, uh, I guess, deeper at the situation where was the selfie interrupting the singer? Was the selfie interrupting the rest of the crowd? And that's where we can deem whether the, the selfie, and I'm doing air quotes, of course you can't see, whether that was rude or not. And it's getting more and more, and especially after the pandemic, where everybody's forgotten how to act in public, where people are just expanding on that rudeness or interrupting or being more selfish or being more inconsiderate in public, in their homes or anywhere. I don't know how you feel about it, but I really, uh, you're there to watch the concert. You're supposed to be um, engaged. And, and maybe she felt that, um, you're not paying attention to her. Well, isn't that rude? What, what do, do you, you think? think? Well, what do you say to the person who's like, well, hang on, I paid X hundreds of dollars. They were in a VIP booth. And I'm not saying that gives them extra privileges and they get to behave badly or anything like that. But the hundreds of dollars were paid for that ticket. Is there a harm in one selfie? Is it the number of selfies? Like some people might argue, like I said, this is the world we live in. Do we have to be more accepting of that? Or do we need to have, you know, some sort of policy around? All right, like you got your one selfie. Enough is enough. Right, exactly. And that's that situational etiquette where we live in a world where we have to really judge um, where do we go beyond that line. I agree. You're at a concert, regardless if you're VIP or in, in the nosebleed seats. If you want to take a selfie, a picture of your moment, of course. But we don't know the whole situation. Was those selfies going on and on and on? Were they posing? Were they interrupting other guests? Were they were the flashes um, bothering her? So made it made it difficult for for her to do her concert, and that's what made her stop or made her irritated. Um, you know, being in in the singer's position where. You were supposed to entertain everyone else, and you, you've really got this big crowd of people. You have to make sure everybody's having a good time. And we don't know if that if the selfie people were really interrupting the group or just taking one selfie. One selfie is not going to hurt the situation. And in fact, what a great memory to, to have um, in that environment. But if you're disturbing other people or too many or just acting inappropriate, then, there's, then there is pause to consider maybe that was rude no jay based on uh, one of some of our listeners they, they say they've been to miranda lambert shows and it, this isn't apparently the first time she's lipped off at her fans so i don't know maybe she's just a grump but if she is so annoyed to stop a concert to admonish her fans should should she maybe instead think about having a no phone policy like i remember going to see kevin hart the comedian at uh, Canada Life Centre four or five years ago. And there was very clearly and a well-publicized policy in place, no phones allowed. Absolutely. So um, if she feels that uh, she doesn't want phones or anything, then you have to put a policy together. And then we as consumers can decide how we are going to enjoy her show, whether we're going to be there live, watch it on a, a video, YouTube, what, whatever it is. But um, yeah, the the other side of the situation is, is that you shouldn't be calling out your fans or calling out your guests for their behavior or how you want them to ask. Make sure that you communicate um, you know, the parameters of the show, and then people can act accordingly. So, yeah, I don't agree with um, braiding 
other, other your fans. It's just not polite. It's like berating your guests. Can you imagine inviting people for dinner and then telling them that they're all rude? It's just, it's not right. Not right at all. Well, it's hard in those moments to figure out when to react. So it could be at your supper table, say when someone pulls out a phone or we've referenced this morning, Jessica, about the fact that, you know, like Brett and Greg and I will MC lots of events. Lots of people do that. Uh, and I particularly noticed and Brett, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I felt like in the last year, people are, are really, you know, not paying attention as much to the event that they're at as they used to. And they're not on their phones per se. They're just talking, like talking right through speeches, talking right through awards, just talking, talking, talking. And right. I, I had, I had a friend of mine at an event uh, not too long ago and she came back and was like, I can't believe how loud and rude people were. And you referenced this post pandemic behavior. So what is it? What's mm-hmm. going on? Are we just like unleashing after years of being constrained or what's, what's happening? I don't think we're unleashing. I think we've forgotten that pe- people are real. I, I, and and I know that that sounds really funny. People are real. We've forgotten that in this instant society, and we're we're heavy on the technology. That the person on the other side is a real live person with feelings, with with um, you know their home, with with a life, and. You've put a lot of efforts into your shows, into your emceeing and all your activities, and you're putting your heart into into that event, that emceeing event, and having people not being present is really an issue that is not just at your event. It's everywhere where people forgot that they're actually in the room and they forgot how to enjoy that event. And Maybe we need to have at events, you know, you're here to enjoy the event. Please enjoy the event. And what's funny is it always reminds me of this picture of the uh, of a marathon where everybody had their phone out recording the event where this this lovely little lady is actually no phone, anything, actually watching the event. And it just reminds me of how our society has changed. And we need to remind everybody that we are people on the other side. And please pay attention and be present in the moment and not be someplace else. Jessica, do you have any, I'm wondering if you have any tips for people who are the ones who are trying to tolerate someone else's poor behavior, because let's face it, there are a lot of people who are just straight up idiots who are, who don't have any courtesy, who just live in this oblivious bubble and don't care. Like people who talk throughout an entire movie, even after you tell them to shut up. So like in that moment, if I've already asked somebody to stop talking and they keep talking, I can feel that anger and rage starting to build inside me. And uh, I'm wondering like, how do I just handle it or deal with it? Exactly. So if you've asked the person politely, you know, I'm here to enjoy the show also, can you please lower your volume or, you know, uh, go someplace else and, and, and look at your phone, for example, because the light in a dark movie theater is, is shining all over the place. After you've exhausted the polite, please stop. Um, then you get up, you go to the um, manager of the movie theater or the event, and it's their job to remove that person, and they will do it. You do not have to engage in any other f- fight or, or have an altercation. You shouldn't do that at all. You've already done your one job. Ask them politely to stop. They refuse to. Go to the manager. And one thing is, is that I there's only a small percentage of people that are outwardly rude 
that they want to be rude. Most people are have unfocused rudeness where they really don't know what they're doing. And we, you know, I'm a person, you're a person. I, I strive to treat people with civility and kindness and, and make sure that, you know, they're comfortable in whatever space they're in and I'm in. Sometimes we all forget but just that constant reminder of caring for the other person. But your job is not to be the uh, police of the movie theater. Your job is to, after exhausting one, please stop, go to the manager, and that's their job to remove that person. Jessica LaRusso, an etiquette expert at In Good Company Etiquette Academy and Finishing School. Jessica, always a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful day. Loren, I was at a movie a couple of months ago, and there was this couple sitting beside me and they were yapping like a lot. And I asked them more than once to please stop talking. And I went to, when I went to mission impossible last week and both movies were at uh, grant park landmark cinemas and I went to mission impossible and there was a couple that was sitting a few rows back and they, they were sort of talking through the movie. It wasn't as bad because I wasn't right beside them. But at the end of the movie, when I got up, I looked at them and I thought, I think that's the same stupid couple. Like they (laughs) they just do this every time. (laughs) It's their thing. Morons. Maybe it's their it's uh, <laughs> their foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> ah, nothing says romance like angering everyone inside a movie theater. That's how they get their night going, baby. <clears throat> They're the Bonnie and Clyde of Winnipeg movies. McGarry and McNabb, Mackling's off today. We're asking you at 204-780-6868 about the bad behavior you see from people at events triggered by Miranda Lambert, country star, yelling at some fans at a concert this week because they were taking selfies. And this one, this listener, one of our runners-up, has said, uh, do not use my name. (laughs) But this person (laughs) says, my work is the event. People pay significant coin for behind-the-scenes experiences with us. Unfortunately, they are also regularly late, and since the experiences are carefully timed to fit in our days, that 15-minute difference can make or break if we get a lunch that day. Hmm. So that's a great that's a great thought. Just because you paid for it doesn't mean you get to show up whenever you want. No, tardiness is a thing too, right? Like that's I'm wondering if we've seen more of that, just sort of come and go as you please. Fair. That's fair. This listener, another runner up. This listener says the worst behavior I saw was at a concert, a Josh Groban concert before the pandemic, where he was sitting on the edge of the stage. And this mom takes her child, who was probably about eight years old, and sat him beside Josh Groban on the stage. And he kind of looked over and smiled. And then she came back and she adjusted the child's head. So she was looking up at him singing. So that she would have this perfect photo and then took the picture. I've never been so embarrassed to be a Winnipegger, says this listener. This wasn't invited to bring your kids up to the stage. It was just some self-entitled mom who decided this would be the perfect picture opportunity in the middle of the concert. And, you know, what are you doing with that photo? Because that's not as if, you know, uh, he invited you up. You had this special moment. You created a moment. And it's, it's a reminder to be presence right i remember being at this event with the jets a few years ago and tamu Solani was there and my brother and i were all excited and we went and we got a picture taken with him and i said to my husband come on come in the shot and he said no no i'm good and he's a huge fan of Solani. and afterwards he's like i don't need that photo and what have i done with that photo brett i don't even know like it's on my phone somewhere right <laughs> so are you doing it just to say you could like sometimes you, i think we get caught up 
sometimes it's special. It means something. But sometimes I think we just get caught up. And afterwards, what was the point? Our winner is Don D, who says, well, this bad behavior story is a reflection of years gone past when I was the troublemaker. It was Labor Day in Regina. Bombers versus Riders at Taylor Field. The Bombers were 0-9 on the season, and my buddy and I still decided to invade enemy territory. We went armed with marshmallows. Back in the day, there was no such thing as a security or bag check. It was a scoreless game, and Troy Westwood lines up to kick a field goal. Missed the kick, but it went through the end zone for a rouge. We are now winning one to nothing, and from there, let the obnoxious celebration begin. And Loren, why don't you take it from there? We ran up and down the stairs like we had just won the Grey Cup. My buddy was waving our huge bomber flag, and I was pelting everyone with marshmallows. It was joyous. Luckily, I think the crowd of Ryder fans were... Did you just read this? I just picked it up at the wrong obnoxious moment. No, no, you're... No. Oh, good. Luckily, I think the crowd of Ryder fans were either in shock or just too busy laughing at us because there was no retaliation. They probably knew the game would end in their favor, so let us have our obnoxious moment. It was the last moment we'd have that game. We made the walk of shame through the stands when the game ended with jeers and foul language chants raining on us. Go Bombers, <laughs> says Don. We can't <laughs> confirm, but we believe the final score in this game was 32-18 to 18 for the Riders. September 6th. 6th, 1998, when the Bombers opened 0 and 10 before they beat the Riders the following week, 36 35. So, Don, great time. Bring some marshmallows tonight because you're going to IG Field to see the Bombers take on the Edmonton Elks.